Ty Welch. Good to be back for the Midweek Podcast. It is. It's a good morning and a great time to do the podcast. You know, we weren't able to uh, match up schedules to get together with the Fajardos yet. Hopefully on a returning trip that they'll have some time, you all will be able to hear from them. Uh, but Stephen, I am excited to hear from uh, Milt Dotson this week. Yeah, Milt and uh, Kay Dotson have been longtime members of our church and uh, have been faithful and ministering to others. And so we it'll be a joy to be able to talk with him today. Uh, so this past Sunday, uh, we got to have kids in the service. It was a, a really great time to be able to worship alongside our children. And we also participated in the Lord's Supper. It was just a rich Sunday filled with lots of, of wonderful things, wonderful opportunities to reflect on the gospel. Mm-hmm. So speaking of reflecting, as you kind of thought back on Sunday, what are some things you'd like to share with us and remind us of? Yeah, you know, we uh, uh, many of our people was thinking about this may not be aware of this. We, we announced in the past, but... On Lord's Supper Sundays, we like to uh, to contact our homebound folks, or uh, maybe that recently had surgery, unable to make it to service, mm-hmm. and and go and and bring them the Lord's Supper. Not just an elder going and visiting them, or uh, or one of our uh, uh, staff team members, but also <clears throat> a couple of our church members going with us to represent the body, going yeah. to them. So through the week, uh, as we come up on Lord's Supper, Cynthia uh, contacts to see who would uh, be open to a visit, and then uh, after. Service is over. We'll we'll drive there. We have a little communion kit that we take. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty cool looking little. Yeah. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm about to attack a vampire or something. I don't know. It's this little. <laughs> it's this cool looking little case thing that we get to take. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, it is such a sweet, sweet time, and it's usually members of our uh, season singles and service ministry uh, join us for that. Uh, and this Sunday was able to go and and to and to visit uh, with. Uh, a couple of our uh, stay-at-home folks who right now are battling with he's he's battling with cancer, mm-hmm. um, and so he's unable to be around large crowds. So he's unable to attend service. Uh, but it is it was such a beautiful depiction of really being the beloved of the Lord, and mm-hmm. and I just kind of <clears throat> and thinking about that experience as we read scripture together, we prayed together, uh, and and partake of the Lord's Supper together as an extension of our worship service. Uh, you know, I just kind of thought about, hey, here is here I am, you know, a guy mid thirties from Missouri, uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper uh, with uh, you know some older, some other members, uh, seasoned singles in service, gathering together, uh, mm-hmm. and we're in the living room of somebody that how would we ever know any other way? Right. You know, they're they're pretty newer members uh, at, at Grace, newer, newly connected here in the last couple of years, uh, and we're sitting there, we're. We're tearing up together. We're praying mm-hmm. together. We're partaking of Lord's Supper together. And that's an unnatural thing in this world. And yet here we are loving each other, uh, embracing each other, encouraging each other uh, because we are the beloved of Christ, because the gospel really uh, has changed our lives and is changing our lives. Mm-hmm. And the call and the joy that we have to, to show love one to another <clears throat> out of, outside of the body of Christ, but even more so uh, loving and forgiving and caring for one another uh, in the body of Christ, and and the ordinance of the Lord's Supper is is one of those great gifts that God gives us to display that love that we have as the beloved. Right. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good family meal. Well, I've got the joy of sitting down with Milt Dodson uh, today. Thanks for being here, Milt. You bet. Um, you uh, and Kay have been a blessing to our church. You've been here for how long? Twenty six years now. 26 years that's mm-hmm. incredible um, how did you how did you end up here what what's the kind of the story that, that helped you land here at Grace Bible Church well I think it was the 
example we saw in the lives of people who attended here at the time and so many who still attend. Mm. Uh, our kids were probably junior high age to high school. We have three sons, about six years apart from the oldest to the youngest. Jonathan, mm. the eldest, uh, Luke, the youngest, and Ben, who everybody knows here. Yeah. Um, and we were looking for some kind of Christian teaching, programming, youth group type activities because the church we were attending locally here didn't have any of those options. Mm. And so I think it was Jonathan who perhaps through Carl Davis, uh, one of his friends here, got connected to the Awana program, I believe, and yeah. Ben and, and Luke also joined uh, that program and just seemed to really be enriched by it. So that just kind of opened our eyes to, okay, well, here's a church that's inviting people from outside their little local group into the mm into uh, this program. And it gave us the sort of a glimpse as we begin to know some of the parents as to what their lives were like. Mm. And then we started hearing some great things about the teaching that was taking place here. So one Sunday morning, 26 years ago, Kay and I slipped into the back row here with our boys and Dick McLean, whom you may or may not have heard of, wonderful gifted Bible teacher, was was teaching a Sunday school lesson before the main service. Mm. And then hearing that, just so encouraged our hearts because of the focus on the Scripture, uh, teaching it in a systematic way and helping us understand how the whole thing works together, something mm. that grace still does yeah. and which we're so thankful for. So that was kind of the, the origins. And from there, we went on to help with youth group and lead, lead the guys and girls for a few years before we got a youth group leader. And we just got deeper and deeper into relationships and friendships here. And uh, it's been a blessing. Well, that's a great story. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. It's it's amazing how the Lord uses different circumstances to bring people together, mm. certain times, certain places, mm -hmm. uh, for certain reasons and purposes. Mm. Um, you, uh, we had the opportunity to speak a little bit earlier, and um, you were talking about the importance of small groups and how that has been such an important part of your life. And um, could you share just maybe a little bit about? Um, how that kind of happened here for you at Grace, what your experience was with that? Sure. You know, once you get into relationships that get beyond the sort of superficial and you start having the, the warmth of a friendship that's based around uh, your love for God and the other person's love for God, mm -hmm. the fact that you're both, in the case of a close relationship between two friends, you're both heading down the same road, hopefully to greater understanding of the goodness and grace of God in your life then other doors open for fellowship around other things that uh, make up our lives, everyday lives, from sharing rides to going on trips together and so forth. And as your life is enriched by these relationships, these God-given relationships within Christian community, you, you really long for that for other people mm. because you know there was a time in your life when you didn't have it. Right, yeah. And now that you do have it, you want to give it away. And so that desire in Cani was very strong because once we arrived at Grace, all those things I just mentioned about community and enrich enrichment and walking together and um, a fellowship and sort of sharing the struggle and the joys of the Christian walk became so powerful in our lives, so mm. much more uh, focused, I should say. Mm -hmm. Something we always wanted but didn't know we didn't have it, you know what I'm talking right, about? Yeah. So so whenever small groups became an option here, can I definitely wanted to be part of one. Mm -hmm. And we kind of graduated, I guess, from involvement in that to leading it. Mm. And uh, our first small group at our home, that group lasted for many years, probably seven years, I'm thinking, around seven years. And out of that group, um, 
a great deal of good, I think, came about, not, not only from the, the looking at the Word together, but the opportunity for Christians to sort of uh, express what's happening in their lives. Mm. And as I may have mentioned earlier, sometimes that, that just takes time. Right. It takes time to get into community and really sort of find your place. Yeah. And to also to be able to contribute out of your own gifting and to, and to have the confidence that you can give out of your own gifting. Well, the, those sorts of breakthroughs took place during those years together. And uh, I think one, one case in particular really pushed us forward when about year two, one of the ladies began to share some real heartache in her life from some family issues. Mm. And that seemed to open the door for everybody else to sort of understand it's okay to talk in greater depth about how one might be feeling or thinking or the hopes, dreams, uh, disappointments that we have. And uh, out of that grew an interest in trying to help marriages because one particular couple in our group, Brett and Christy Banner, Mm -hmm. did a lot of work with couples sort of on their own, um, not through a church uh, apparatus, but just because they love people in the community. They themselves have a wonderful story of God's redemptive work in their married life. And so they're wanting that for other people. And I'll never forget the day that they said to our group, you know, nine times out of 10, we can't, we can't help these folks. We don't seem to be able to get them to even first base. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many of these uh, marriages end up divorce. So our group kind of thought about that, prayed about that, and eventually decided we'd look for some material, came across the re-engaged material at Watermark Church in Dallas, and then our group sort of made it a, a goal to sort of see, explore that and see if we couldn't do something similar here. Mm. Man, that's, it's, it's, it's a blessing when people will allow themselves to be vulnerable, allow people to speak into their lives um, that really is a, a sign of the, uh, or it's a, an evidence of the Spirit's work in your life. Mm. Because, I mean, apart from, apart from what the Spirit does in us, well, I mean, why would we want to say that we have a need, or that we're vulnerable, or that we're mm. broken, or we That's need true. something? Mm. Um, our pride would would mm. get in the way of that. Yeah. Um, we, I was a part of a a small group for a while, and in another church, and we had a a, a multi generational group. And so we had some couples in our 60s, in their 60s, and we had some couples that were kind of entering into their 30s and, and then everywhere in between. And our group began to be pretty honest about just how broken we were and how much we needed the Lord and how much we uh, we needed help and we needed other community. And this older couple, if probably from a, a generation that would say, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, don't show signs of weakness and kind mm-hmm. of... Um, you know, maybe not not as apt to to just say what they don't know and what they need. Um, they were intrigued by the fact that some of these younger people were just saying, "Yeah, we're we're just messing things up," and um, and so it began to form a really great bond in our group where we all were just kind of saying, "Yeah, we, we all are actually messing this up, and we need each other to help carry um, each other along." And so, um, you know, what a what a blessing to kind of be right now being in community here at, at Grace and having small groups here that are kind of mm-hmm. building on that mm-hmm. heritage of people that were beginning to just be honest about their need mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing. Um, as you've kind of had an opportunity to work with some couples and and give some advice, um, what are you know? There are a lot of common probably like common things that cause tension or problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of amidst all those, what are some ways that you would maybe challenge or encourage couples 
to press into those issues and and to continue to to fight the fight of uh, pursuing Christ together. Well, that's that's a really great question, and there's there's so many you know, ways there's to go with there, an yeah. answer here. Um, I think fundamentally that the gospel teaches us that we're broken people. It means that um, our best is just not good enough, and that mm-hmm. means also a marriage. Mm-hmm. We have to accept the fact that in a marriage there are two desperately broken people. They may not always feel that way, and they may not want anyone else thinking that about them. Sure. But once the Spirit of God through the people of God and the Word of God, begins to make a dent in that pride, that sense of self-protection that we all have, and begins to sort of say, no, no, you are broken, and you do need me, and you need the body of Christ around you. To the degree that a marriage, two people, hopefully both at the same time, but sometimes it's separate, begin to be more and more convinced of their brokenness, Mm. then there's the potential, huge potential, for all the benefits of shared grace. And until you really get your brokenness, it's really hard to appreciate the power and truth of the forgiveness that God gives us and the grace he gives us. Mm. And so when you think about the the, uh, disciples on the Sea of Galilee in the storm, and Christ sent them out there in the storm, and I don't want to say that marriage is a storm, but I will say (laughs) that marriage is, is... is filled with all sorts of unexpected things yeah. and things that can rock your boat, literally, right, yeah. kind of like the disciples were rocked. But Christ sent them out there, and as he sends us into marriage, he also walks on the water to to, to direct his attention to us, to yes. say, I'm here. Yeah. And although I could calm the storm in a heartbeat, I want you to know what it means to be broken, to be needy, and I want to meet you where you are. So you'll fall in love with me, mm. and you'll listen to my voice. So as two people understand their brokenness, and then share grace, then the potential for healing in a marriage just goes through the roof. Man, praise God. Uh, praise God that there's hope for us in Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Mel, thanks so much for, for sharing today. Thank you for, for being here and helping to, to, to minister in our church. Um, just so grateful to know you and to be able to serve Christ alongside you. My pleasure. What a joy to continue in the book of John uh, this week. We'll be in John 3, uh, what is it, 22 through 36? You got it. Man, nailed it. Okay, yeah. great. So uh, give us some insights where we're going to where we're gonna be heading in that text. Yeah, this is a well-known text. We hear often that, that saying that John the Baptist gives, he must increase, I must decrease. And, uh, you know, one scholar, Murray Harris, gives a pretty incredible quote on that. I, I love his summary statement. Uh, he says, uh, in summarizing John the Baptist's attitude of his ministry winding down, Jesus' ministry taking off, uh, and he says, who needs the moon when the sun is rising? Mm. And That is a beautiful picture of John the Baptist's ministry and the contentment and the joy. So, you know, as we come up on this text, uh, as, as our people read it in preparation, to just think about the excitement that John the Baptist has. He views himself as like a best man. Hmm. And the best man's joy, you know, the best man's not sitting there embittered or jealous of the groom because he loves the groom and he knows his role and his purpose. Uh, it's seeing the groom uh, embrace the bride. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, he is just excited. All the work that he's done in preparation for this, 
Uh, he is so excited to see that taking place. He has joy, and that's that's what John the Baptist has. He has joy at seeing Jesus arising uh, and and uh, and leading, and seeing uh, his ministry of baptism continuing on, and and what mm-hmm. that means, and how he's going to work through his disciples. Uh, it's a really incredible text, and it's one of those texts that. As we hear this sermon, we'll think, I've kind of heard this a little bit before. Yeah, right. And and wow, we just have to keep hearing that again and again and again. Believe on Jesus. Look to Jesus. Abide in Jesus. Uh, live out the love that you've experienced in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, continue on that mission that God has given us as, uh, as loved ones sent by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, we're looking forward to uh, continuing in the text and getting to learn more about Christ and His ministry Uh, We'll see you Sunday. See you then. So now we need an outro. Maybe we should but, say at the end. We well, that's, I mean, I can something in that says we'll see you Sunday. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I almost, I'm gonna stop it for a second.